And welcome everybody to Dark Feather Gaming. This is our gaming news podcast, episode 44. As always, this is Thor here with Doc and Sasquatch Sunbite. So we're back from a break and ready to cover everything going on in the last couple of weeks. Hopefully my internet doesn't take too much of a dump on us as we go through here. Um, let's start off by talking about Warner Brothers um, and Warner Brothers Interactive <laughs> reportedly being split up by or split up following a merger. For that, literally right after you said, hopefully my internet doesn't blah, blah, blah. You roboted like you were going to cut out like normal. <laughs> uh, that wasn't his internet. That was your internet because I didn't hear him robot out. Dun, dun, dun. Uh no, because I still have stuff going on my computer that requires an internet connection. <laughs> Could have just been the server being whack, I guess. Fair enough. I don't know how it works. Anyways, but yes, um, AT&T, others, Interactive Entertainment Studios, will go to the new company. Um, it will spin off Warner Media and merge it with Discovery in a $43 billion deal. Um, result in them creating a new premier standalone global entertainment company. Um, and they're hoping that this will be able to compete with Netflix, Disney, uh, HBO, all that jazz. Nice. So, um, so yeah, so they're, <sighs> yeah, hopefully this just means that, um, sure we'll get another warner brothers games pass or some bullshit happening as well mm -hmm. but this is really just splitting up the interactive entertainment division from the uh, more traditional media entertainment of um television and tv shows and giving the interactive entertainment portion of the company their own studio to be under well i guess we'll just have to see um yeah it feels like more and more places are starting to do stuff like this though yeah, but it's really weird because most of them are going to some of them are going to a new company and some of them are staying. So they're splitting off a few specific game studios. I don't know exactly what that means. Maybe ones that are more entwined with their actual like uh, movie properties. Oh, so yeah. who knows? So an Australian ban of Disco Elysium, the final cut has been overturned. Yes. So um, initially, the uh, final cut, which was their like uh, director's cut, essentially, of Disco Elysium was just outright banned from Australia and their kind of uh, overkill of a rating board that their government controls. Um, but it is now being downgraded to an R18 plus. So our equivalent of a m-rated game um they don't have an adults only version which you can have in the u.s it's just not <laughs> prudent because then most sites or most stores and stuff will not carry ao rated games so australia is their uh ratings board is giving disco elysium um the m rating well their version of the m rating at least downgraded from a not at all purchasable game at least through traditional methods in australia and some twitch updates the first bit being of <laughs> course our twitch hot tub controversy uh yes so there's a popular 
trend on Twitch where um, women stream in bikinis and quote air quote hot tubs. These are really just kiddie pools so they can lounge around with as much cleavage and ass out as they want. Um, turns out they make a ton of money doing this. The Internet's full of no. sips. Um, <laughs> the what? most popular one, the most popular one who is also an actual porn star uh, was the first to notice that her ads were demonetized on these streams um, as they are not uh, family friendly or ad friendly in Twitch's case. Um, these streams are not outright banned however um what twitch has done is they've uh forced you to use rather than a just chatting which would be more like just the traditional chatting with your viewers and stuff there's a hot tub um category now or tag you can throw onto your stream and this also comes with twitch adding over 350 new tags um 350 new diversity-related tags related to gender, sexual orientation, race, nationality, ability, mental health, and more. Um, I, I noticed those when I was streaming the other night. Um, they added so many. Like, yeah, it's, the list it's, is now longer than it. Like, like the, the additions were longer than the original list. Yeah, and these allow you to... These allow you, do allow you to filter by a very specific um down to a very specific few so you could literally find a trans veteran vtuber if you want vtuber was also added because apparently it's a sexual orientation so i am the anime and that is my orientation (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's that was part of it um just a whole bunch of new tags so you can kind of probably identify yourself more with people are looking through um so yeah Hmm. really just expands upon what was already available by a lot yeah so on the lighter side something that had me pretty excited for those who have not heard uh time splitters is officially coming back and we're not talking about a remaster hidden in another game we're not talking about a uh, fan-made passion project that all lipped around for a few years and never made it we're talking about a real bona fide return so this comes with the revival of free radical design themselves um they are going to be a new segment of deep silver studio So in an announcement, they said, quote, you asked and we listened. We've been working on plans to bring the Time Splitters franchise back to life and are pleased to let you know that we're setting up a new Deep Silver development studio to do just that. Free Radical Design is reforming and will be headed up by industry and Time Splitters veterans Steve Ellis and David Doeck. This is exciting, an exciting first step in the process. Development on the new game has not started yet, and we will update you when we have more news to share. So we don't have official development begun on a new uh, Time Splitters game, but there is official word that it will happen and that Free Radical is reforming, and I couldn't be happier. They are getting the band back together. Yep, I'm so stoked. Remember, 
remember like two months ago when you were pissed off at Deep Silver for acquiring the rights to Time Splitters and doing nothing with it? Sasquatch Senpai remembers. Yep. Well, that does sound familiar. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what? Okay. Maybe. What, maybe what, they listen to yeah, our podcast. What, what's What's that first line of this? You asked, and we listened. So. Uh... But I mean, they've also been throwing time splitters <laughs> like games into other games, the full games apparently. So. <laughs> I'm I'm super duper stoked though. This is excellent. Right. This that's is... good. This is nothing but good. I'm going to bust the PS2 out this summer and do some Time Splitters live streams uh, for some nostalgia, and I'm excited for this to start happening. So, Did I tell you that I watched a Time Splitters speedrun not too long ago? Oh, really? It was fucking whack. The dude was just going through stuff, and I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> it uh, legit just looked like a... It, it legit just looked like a reskinned golden eye. <laughs> That's all it was, was a reskinned golden eye. <laughs> had the same aiming and everything, but all games of that era had awful, oh, yeah. awful first person they, aiming. They're pretty much all the same in that. Yeah. My favorite thing about it was the different the, 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 the variety of weapons and the variety of choosing characters. You could choose different characters and the characters had different stats that would actually affect your combat when you were running around so some were faster some had more health so on and so forth um and that variation of adding the that was the first the first game at least that i had played on you know playstation 2 that had that variation of being able to choose different statted characters that do different things oh man you missed out on kill zone then that game was no. bomb well, no, no, the I character you chose you got to go through different paths of the game too I, I mean, I played Killzone, like but Time Splitters was out before okay. Killzone. Uh, Unreal Tournament 2004 or the Championship Edition for the Xbox uh, had different character races that had different stats. I don't remember which one came out first, but I know for sure that I definitely played Unreal Tournament long after I had played Time Splitters because I had a uh, PlayStation and I didn't get an Xbox till quite a bit later. I yeah I don't I don't know which actually came first I know Unreal Tournament came out in like 1999 uh, for the original version but that one and everyone had static stats and health pools so yeah uh, 2004 was the version where they they started trying out new things like that the the first time splitters game was released in 2000 for PlayStation 2, I believe. I remember mostly playing Time Splitters 2. Let's see. Time Splitters. Oh, it was, it, was, it was PlayStation 2, GameCube, and Xbox that came out. I didn't know it came out on GameCube. Yeah, that's yeah, where I played it the most. On everything. Okay. Except for Dreamcast, but Dreamcast was already dead, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Back for Blood, official characters and zombies have been released. Yes, so Back for Blood is the spiritual successor to the Left 4 Dead series. It's really Left 4 Dead 3. Um, but uh, developer, I think it's still Turtle Rock Studios. Yeah, Turtle Rock Studios, I think. Studios, 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 they, they uh, did finally branch off from Valve. 
and Back for Blood is their first game. If it's not Turtle Rock themselves, then it's definitely most of the team who did work on Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2 before joining uh, Wall with Valve. Um, it's mostly the same. Uh, point A to point B stuff. Uh, the Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2 were. However, they did add the addition of a choosable character that you are. So unlike Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead 2, where your character was pretty much just, you know, a skin in Back for Blood, they actually have their own special um, personal passive abilities and team-wide personal abilities. So your team composition will definitely dictate kind of how efficiently your team is at doing certain tasks tasks within the game world. Um, other than that, it's a pretty standard Left 4 Dead style affair, which they are known for making. Um, you have special sorts of infected and everything, so... That's really the first big actual info dump we had for Back for Blood, um, rather than just the uh, initial teaser and announcement. So, gotcha. And um, some more news on the uh, Sonic. Or sorry, no respawn. Or yeah, okay. Respawn explains uh, Apex Legends uh, cosmetic pricing. The math is much harder than people think. Yes. So um, this is response from an AMA that responds that a person who works at Respawn did with uh, the Apex Legends subreddit. Um, People were talking about how the legendary skins generally cost like almost $20, kind of a. Kind of a normal (laughs) thing across most games. That's how much those uh, legendary skins just pretty much cost mm-hmm. um and they want to do this it and players were complaining about this um they were asking there's got to be a way to make the fe- player feel like they're not being cheated when purchasing these things and that's kind of why the cosmetics are so expensive um it's to make it they, they spend more work on them try, trying to make their designs as so it doesn't give the player an advantage when playing them so they don't blend in with the environment and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, mostly because their game is designed as from their word of mouth uh it's supposed to be skill first and it's free to play first so yeah that makes sense are this are not, the uh are these 20 dollars skins at least really nice like do they look uh, really good I mean, it's going to be like any expensive skin to give. There's going to be people who like them and people who hate them. Like, um, well, I mean, I, like I hating, of... hating the design and acknowledging that it's like, you know, cool for the person it's intended for. Like, are yes, they, do they have like probably most voice definitely. packs? Like, oh, it's the same voice actors, but they do come with special voice lines and everything like that as well. Okay. I mean, I'm probably I, I buy every single skin in League of Legends from the Star Guardians line or the Project line. And there's definitely people who hate both of those because one of them's like future dystopian cyberpunk and the other one's that's Sailor exactly Moon ripoffs. What, that's like exactly what you want. <laughs> Sailor Moon cyberpunk? Hell yeah. I'm all about it. Actually, that'd be really fucking cool. <laughs> Hell yeah, it would. <laughs> That's just that's just magical girl Power Rangers in the end, isn't it? Basically, so, in the future. In conclusion, in con- magical girls. Hmm. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> so on the Sonic front, 
um, Sonic Collection <laughs> has been listed on French retail. So speaking of this, when Sonic collects all the chaos gems, he turns into a magical uh, girl. <laughs> I guess you're not wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, French retailer uh, Sogomeli, which I probably pronounced horribly incorrect, but I don't care because it's French. Um, has listed the Sonic yeah. collection on its website. Um, and this is coming along with Sonic's upcoming 30th anniversary. Um, the listing only notes that the game is for PlayStation 4 in Europe, but it will probably be multi-platform on global. So, It's also going to include Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Sonic and Knuckles, which have been... Uh, mysteriously absent for a very long time in any sort of Sonic collection. You want to know why? Probably music licensing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's always that's, music licensing. It's definitely the music licensing. Um, Sonic 3 and Knuckles is on Steam. I own Sonic 3 and Knuckles on Steam. Yes. The the only port of it there is, but it is not the, uh, the updated version like they did for uh, the Sonic Ages 2 and 3. Or mm, one and two mm. makes sense, but yeah, if, if they actually do a a Sega Ages remaster of Sonic Three and Knuckles, I'm gonna be so hype. Especially if they get the music licensing sorted out to keep the original soundtrack, because that so that soundtrack was my childhood. It is full of bangers. It needs an updated. That sort of soundtrack like Streets of Rage 4 got. Uh, yeah, but we can't get Michael Jackson back. Um, we can let someone else do his song. But you know what I mean? Like they kept the same sort of style of the yeah. older games. I, I wouldn't mind some like really well done remixes of the original songs. Because there, there are definitely remixes of the original songs, but a lot of them yeah. are terrible. Yeah, I can think of I can think of a few are. really good ones, but so a rumor has it that there's going to be a new Final Fantasy IP released or announced mm. rather um, during E3, and we'll have a little more in the E3 schedule here in a little bit. Um, this, of course, is still a rumor. Um, supposedly Final Fantasy Origin, which is going to be a very Souls-like Final Fantasy game, supposedly. The and, first um, the first thing I saw in this game was it was Team's Ninja, Team and I Ninja. knew it wasn't going to be a turn-based game, yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. it's Team Ninja is involved. It's supposed to be, play like Dark Souls um, and be... Yeah, very, very different. Um, I'm excited for this because I'm really hoping that it's going to follow along the same kind of theme and beat as um, Type O. Type O is one of my favorite Final Fantasy games. Uh, it's the only rated M Final Fantasy game, and it lets you know, like, within the first cutscene that it's rated M and why. Um, it's an excellent game. It tells a story that is amazing to see final fantasy writers just have no holds barred with an M rating. Um, if you haven't played final fantasy typo, I highly encourage you to do so. Um, and I'm really hopeful that if they do this, they're going to also give it an M rating and allow those, uh, 
those Square Enix writers to kind of have that same Final Fantasy universe, no holds barred mentality. I'd be down with that. Have you played Type um, yet? I have not, but you've been you've been shilling it for a while. And oh yeah, it's 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 good. It's good shit. I'm actually on the Steam store right now to check if it's on sale. Um, and I mean, if it's following in with what Neo ha- with not Neo, what Team Ninja has done, their previous uh, their previous games have all been high, uh, highly action games. So that was the first thing I saw. Uh, of when they announced Team Ninja was working on a Final Fantasy game was it's not going to be turn based. It's going to be a full on action game. Yeah. And that's actually probably the the second most final will be hyped for right after. Yeah, it's definitely going to be something. They. Oh, go ahead. Uh, but it's a. Uh, it'll probably be more in line with like Neo, um, which is technically still souls like but it's it's definitely its own own thing entirely it's more of a faster action game that has its controls really feel more like a fighting game than a souls like where it's here you have three attacks that combo um in it you can combo a bunch of acts together uh, attacks together as long as you have the stamina for it switching weapons etc etc um which would probably be a little bit more in line with some of the other Final Fantasy games, especially especially uh, Dissidia, whatever the fighting game was. Yeah. Probably take some stuff from that. And it looks like Nintendo has been accused of allowing pirated software on their e-store. Yeah. Um, un- maybe unintentionally, uh, but so... What happened was last year, uh, Imagineer published MetaRock Classics Plus for the Nintendo for the Nintendo Switch, which is a collection of old uh, MetaBots games, um, a bunch for the old Game Boy Advance. And to do this, uh, obviously, they used emulation and then they stripped the credits for the emulator from from their from their game. Hmm. So and. Which is which is hilarious because it was open source software free for free for use and had commercial like license agreements um, set up and they just took it, stripped the credits and making it a pirated emulator. So Nintendo is shipping a pirated emulator in a third party title. Nice. Oh, Nintendo, homie, what is you doing? <laughs> Not doing their due diligence. Yeah. Damn. Someone's getting fired. Probably. Definitely. And it looks like H- Apple just started selling the PS5 DualSense controller as well. Yep, they are looking to, or theoretically looking to give native support uh for the dual sense on Apple products. <laughs> so you can like, I'm sorry. So like you can attach your <clears throat> dual sense to your, to your iPhone. Yep. And do mobile gaming with <clears throat> your dual sense controller. 
which I think you can actually already do on Android, uh, but not natively. Damn. They're just getting DualSense working on everything. In the, the dual sense i think it's a great controller nice I plus i mean plus i mean you have ways to stream your console games to mobile devices so yeah. you can then play them there you're using a true cloud platform in that case so so some convention news uh it looks like blizzcon has been canceled this year Yep. Uh, due to current stringent um, California rules, thanks to the ongoing pandemic, um, Blizzard has officially canceled BlizzCon 2021 um, and will be looking to hopefully continue it next year with BlizzCon 2022. They um, are, however, going to do another online event this year, uh, probably in the same form as they did with BlizzCon last year so and speaking of which for e3 this year and we touched on this a little bit earlier hinting at it with the new final fantasy title supposedly being leaked because e3 will be there so we have some uh tentative schedule so of course e3 is going to be starting on june 5th and it's going to be officially starting at 8 a.m. Pacific time on June 5th. Um, we're going to be hearing from, uh, let's see here. First is going to be uh, Gorilla Collective, and then uh, da, 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 Summer Gaming Fest, IG, or IGN Expo is going to be on there. Um, Ubisoft Forward is going to be at noon on June 12th. Xbox and Bethesda is going to be June 13th at 10. The PC gaming show is going to be sometime on June 13th. EA Play um, is then going to be happening afterwards. There will, of course, be the uh, Square Enix showcase. Um, a lot of place, a lot of <laughs> companies have confirmed they're going to be there, but haven't confirmed times. Um, but it is going to be spread out quite a bit over the entire course of... Um, what is it? I guess spread throughout at least June, like through the fifth uh, through the thirteenth, or something like that. So it's going to be a little bit different this year, as uh, E three kind of gives its uh, dying. Oh, I'm still here. There he is. So, oh, wait. Yeah. You guys didn't miss much. Mostly there's just a lot of places that uh, E3 have listed for being in E3, but they haven't given a lot of times. Um, but it's all okay. going to be digital and stuff. The main thing that I'm looking forward to is Square Enix. They haven't given a specific time. Um, but uh, it's we're, it's basically going to be um, official start dates from June. What is June 12th through the 15th with some... Um, stuff early from Gorilla Collective on June 5th and some stuff late from EA on July 22nd. But the, the main bits are going to be June 10th through the 13th, and it's all going to be online stuff. 
No one's. Really I think uh, EA. EA the last few years has done their own thing just around the times of E3. So yeah, they're doing their own thing like usual. So uh, Dying Light 2, Stay Human. Uh, I'm not sure what this is all about. Uh, Dying Light 2, Stay Human is Dying Light 2, Stay Human, the uh, sequel to the first Dying Light game. Um, they released a new gameplay trailer as well as a few in-game mechanics um, talking about the three factions that will be in the game, um, the larger, more open world, increased parkour abilities, going over new types of mutated zombies. Um, once again, you're infected and have to <laughs> keep applying the uh, the vaccine to yourself to not die. But pretty much um, the new one of the major new mechanics added is that you'll choose one of the factions to mostly aid or swap around between them, affecting the story itself. Uh, survivors, um, some kind of like ex-military police force, and then the uh, like former prisoners faction, essentially, who are just kind of there for chaos. Um, they also finally announced a release date for it, December seventh, twenty twenty one. It's one of the it's one of the games this year that I've been looking forward to being able to play again. The first one was really really fun. It was really innovative in a lot of aspects. Nice. And then on that topic of new games, uh, Horizon Forbidden West State of Play gameplay has also been revealed. <laughs> I watched a yes. decent chunk of that and it looks amazing. It does look fantastic and I'll oh play it God. in five years when it's on PC. Same. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, well, you have a PS4. It'll be on PS4. It just won't look like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fuck that. I, I well, also I played the first one on PC to start with, so I want my PC controls, uh, mouse and uh, keyboard. Oh my God, it's made it so much easier. Oh man, you can pull off such great uh trick shots with mouse and keyboard that you just can't do on controller but yeah they had a good 20 minute portion of actual gameplay showcasing a few new features um a few new types of weapons some returning features like you have a uh, a, a hollows hollow light hang lighter or something that you can deploy to float down from areas um you can swim under water there's water creatures now um a new faction you'll be fighting against and you're also still just traveling west as Aloy looking for a way to stop the blight. Um, they shut off a few new monsters. The main new enemy faction you're going to be fighting also knows how to tame monsters. We'll be fighting you from their robots as well. So. Nope. And yeah, like you said, it looked really, really, really pretty. It was so vibrant. It's. Honestly, just I think it's the best post-apocalyptic world I've ever seen. Then again, it is like post-post-apocalyptic and way past the regular apocalyptic time. So, yeah, but like, uh, yeah, you get to travel to San Francisco period. or something. Yes, so pretty. I'm so hype. I'm I. If I do end up getting a PS5, I will probably play that game like before it comes out on PC. I'll I'll suck oh. it up. I'll just wait for PC because I'll give up my money that way and not buy a console for just one game. That's story doesn't even make money that way. Hey, <laughs> hey, I bought a console for a beta.
And uh, Borderlands 3 is getting... I think I've... Oh, go ahead. I think I've played all but one of the games on PS4 that you have played now. I think Ghost of Tsushima is the last one I... Is the only one I haven't played. You've played Persona 5? Yes, I played it. Yeah, that's... Mm, I need to get back and finish the next dungeon. But I'm busy saving the island of Tsushima. So it looks like uh, Borderlands 3 is only getting partial crossplay. Yes, Sony, of course. Of course. Um, So it kind of came out in this reveal how Sony does its crossplay stuff. Um, Depending on a game's success and how that might affect their server load by players on the PlayStation Network participating in crossplay, they like to take a larger cut from those games' profits on the console themselves. Um, 2K decided they didn't want to do that, so the PlayStation 4 and I'm sure eventually 5 will be left out of this crossplay uh, thing. So Microsoft and the PC of Borderlands 3 will be having cross-play here shortly. Seems... I don't know. Seems weird to want to die on that hill this late in the game. Um, yeah. But, uh, it's Sony's hill to die on. Yeah. I mean, I've been saying for a while it looks like Microsoft's just gonna come out on top. I mean, I think the... better but yeah and they have they had definitely have better um exclusive first party games right now but just the sheer adaptability of being able to play on your with the same files and then the game library is just completely shared mm. uh that will just go further sony has a better machine but microsoft has a better marketing department uh, I think they just have better business heads at yeah. this point. <laughs> Ever since the whole Xbox One no discs fiasco, they've really turned it around. <laughs> so Bloodstained Ritual of the Night sequel is now in development. Yes, so 505 Games, the publisher of the original Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, um, has confirmed that there is a second version of the game in development. Um, uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is developed by Archplay from uh, Koji Igarashi, who's a veteran in the industry, uh, who does, who's worked on very, on many popular Metroidvania style games. Um, So, you know, Metroid, Castlevania style, 2D platformers, combat, stuff like that. And they stated that the sequel is in development, which I am really looking forward to. Bloodstained Ritual of the Night was a uh, was a really, really cool little niche game that I stumbled upon. Yeah. If you like Metroidvanias, so. And then um, kind of keeping on that idea of uh, PlayStation and PC, it looks like Uncharted 4 will be coming to PC soon. Yep, so Sony Interactive Entertainment has stated in a investor call that they are looking for growth beyond the console-centric ecosystem. So while maybe not cross-playing, being cross-play friendly, maybe their games on PC will be cross-play friendly. So, who knows? Um, 
But this was according to a presentation from Sony Corp that they showed investors on Thursday that Uncharted 4 will be on PC soon. So, you know, this is following up um, Days Gone, which just launched on PC to, you know, quite quite a bit success, actually. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn, which released last year to outstanding success and Death Stranding, which was a PS4 exclusive when it launched, also launched on PC as well. So it is an ecosystem that they can't take advantage of, and they better start fucking taking advantage of it so I can pay them money. Yeah, they need to definitely hop on board. <laughs> yes. And but uh, Uncharted 4 is a good one to, for them to launch into the PC market with as well. I just hope they start doing games that are more newer. Like Days Gone is the one that's the most newest being launched on PC, but it's, mm-hmm. it's what, early last year? I think yeah. what is this release or even the year before year before I think and it didn't even have enough uh, didn't even have enough sales to warrant a sequel which I think we also covered a story on that where their d- director was pissed yeah, <laughs> about that everyone loves it now after it went free on PS plus he's like hey don't bitch that there's not a sequel you don't you didn't buy it when it was new you fucking bought it got it free or bought it used so you want a game to come, it come comes with sequel, buy it. It does come with the territory of releasing a game in a tired, tired genre of mm-hmm. zombie survival, though. So, yeah, I mean, it did look it did look pretty. Stuff that was shown, so. That's what I remember from saying it was like, this looks like just any other, you know, post apocalypse zombie game to me. Just a different flavor of it. Yeah. So, Far Cry 6 launches October 7th worldwide with a gameplay reveal. So, Far Cry is launching this October. Um, The next iteration in it, you take uh, the role of a... uh, We'll just go with Cuban Revolutionary. (laughs) And it really follows in vain of other Far Cry games. you help the guerrillas, revolutionaries, whatever, try to topple down a dictator. Um, the last one I really played was four, where you, it takes place in uh, it takes place in Montana. Um, five just didn't see that entertaining to me, but six looks like it just kind of ups everything that was in the previous Far Cry games. You even get a cute little uh, wheelchair bound wiener dog as a companion you can use. Mm-hmm. Um. It does focus a lot more on using crafted weapons as your main source of weaponry, uh, kind of calling back to the weird kind of stuff you could do in the Fallout games. Um, you have like pretty much a junk launcher, or like a car battery power powered minigun. CDs like they're a disc launcher. It was pretty funny. Um, it was playing a song on the gun when in the trailer when I saw it, it was pretty funny. And then when you reloaded, it stopped because the CD was no longer being played. (laughs) But it uh, takes place. um, You're you're playing as uh, Danny Rojas. Um, That's who you're going to be playing as in the fictional country, uh, in the fictional city of Yara. So a huge, really... Huge, big, sprawling city to take advantage of. More city focused than the last few Far Cries, so mm. looks fun. 
and Valve's new Steam Pay, Steam Pay, yeah, Steam Pal may be a Switch-like handheld that plays PC games. That'd be pretty neat. Yes. Um, so this was confer- confirmed by Ars Technica, a uh, kind of uh, prestigious tech site. Um, and they said that the Steam Pal has been in development for quite some time. Um, so this can be really comparable to probably mostly the Alienware concept handheld UFO. Um, it'll probably operate sort of like at NVIDIA Shield, but the Steam machines, their desktop version did not do well. And so they are hoping that the uh, hardware, which is codenamed Neptune, um, will be able to play. I don't know if it's going to be cloud streaming like everything else. will just connect a network or something, but it'll be interesting to see how Valve decides to go with their Steam Pal. Um, but a sort of easier controller based handheld device like the switch would probably be the way to go. Um, the Nvidia shield has been doing success successful. So. Nice. So moving into some of our, uh, weekly updates, um, our PS plus going into some Sony and PlayStation updates, starting with our PS plus June. And this one's pretty, I I'm pretty stoked for this one. Um, PS5, we have Operation Tango, which is great for those who managed to acquire PS5s. For the rest of us peasants who only have PS4s, we do have to look forward to um, Star Wars Squadrons and Virtual Fighter V Ultimate Showdown. I... Which, these are both games that I am super stoked to add to my collection. It is worth noting, too, that this uh, Virtual Fighter is uh, only recently going to er, only recently dropping. Um, so this is kind of going to into that uh, kind of trend that they've been going on. Um, these are both going to be available starting on the first. So starting Tuesday, make sure you download those. And then. Um, The only other thing I have on PlayStation, and this kind of goes into, again, what we were talking about with them starting to move things into the PC side, um, the PlayStation Steam page is now live as well. So they have a beta page up where you can actually go to the PlayStation Studios page in Steam to see things like Days Gone. So I think they are here up towards that. Um. And then, did anyone else have any updates on PlayStation or on Microsoft Xbox? Um, not really for Xbox. It's a, kind of an odd time. Next week, we should have their next slate of games coming to the Games Pass and whatnot. So, and then on to our TV and movie updates. Uh, we touched on this a little bit uh, last time, but we do have confer- do have it confirmed now that there is going to be a Final Fantasy VII anime on Netflix. It will be um, the final a Final Fantasy VII remake anime that will be directed by Nomura. Um, the anime will be dedicated to the Final Fantasy VII remake and tell new stories that intertwine with the plot and events of the main 
game. Um, so this is something that's going to be really exciting to see, I think. Um, and then there's also going to be a Kingdom Hearts anime, also directed by Nomura. So these are both things that are exciting to look forward to. There's also a Final Fantasy XIV TV series uh, that's in the final stages of development. So there's some pretty exciting things happening between Netflix and Square Enix that I'm looking forward to seeing. Did you guys have anything on movies and TV, all that good stuff? Or is my internet just completely and totally cut out? I'm feeling like the internet's completely cut out. It well, you should see the effing chat. Nice. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, to sum to so, so to sum things up, Nomura directing Final Fantasy VII remake, Kingdom Hearts, and Final Fantasy XIV TV series on Netflix. Much excite. Did you guys have anything for uh, TV movies? Not this week. Um, negative on my part. So, uh, we don't have too much for Final Fantasy XIV updates apart from what we had on the last one. Um, but of course, pre orders are still up for Endwalker. Make sure to do that to get your pre order bonuses. Um, we did have some relief on the collector's edition debacle where they put out a wait list because, you know, not every, not everyone's going to actually secure that pre order. There's going to be plenty of people whose payment don't go through, so on and so forth. So they put out a wait list that you can sign up for that they'll send you an email when one becomes available that you can go and grab. That wait list, however, is now closed. Um, but they might put it back up. I would recommend to keep checking if you weren't able to sign up in time. For our Pokemon Go updates, we have some more information on the next Pokemon Go Fest. So this is going to be celebrating uh, five years of Pokemon Go, um, and it's also going to be in partnership with Google Play. Um, so you can get them on Google Play at a discount for five dollars. I already bought mine five bucks. It's it's normally they're fifteen dollars. Um, they're five bucks if you buy them right now on Google Play. Um, the Pokemon Go Fest is going to be taking place on July seventeenth and eighteenth. So there's a lot of different stuff going on, just like when they did the Kanto tour. Um, and there's stuff for everybody as well as extra stuff for those who bought tickets. Uh, it's supposed to be kind of a music festival type of theme. So there's going to be hourly habitats, um, uh, huge raid sections on the days you'll be able to get 10. I think it was 10 raid passes each day uh, for free as opposed to the one for free. Um and a lot, a lot of extra stuff as usual with different research and things like that that you get if you buy the actual ticket. So definitely go check that out. Uh, if you're interested in doing those events, there's just a whole ton of stuff packed in here that you can get for $5. Um, I don't really like buying those tickets if they're 15 bucks. When they go on sale for 5 bucks like this, I think it's worth it. I almost had to put another F in chat, <laughs> but you came back quickly. No. 
And finally, on the RuneScape front, we have a lot of updates coming through on RuneScape. So we have the Battle of the Monolith going on right now, which is kind of our new pseudo world event. Um, and this is going to be kind of following uh, the events of the most recent quests in the Elder Gods Wars. Um, so if you've been following the most recent quests, definitely um, check in on that. And make sure that you're keeping up to date because there's going to be new weekly rewards every week in that um, Battle of the Monolith. Um, but I would definitely recommend making sure if you haven't catching up on some of the most recent uh, quests, at least as they relate to Elder Gods and the Elder God War saga. But this is directly following events of um, Zazandara's quest, which is the most recent quest in that quest line. So make sure that you're up to date on that. So um, that's going to be it for the main actual uh, news updates this week. What have you been playing the last few weeks, Sasquatch? Oh, boy, that's a few things there. Um <laughs> Final Fantasy 14. Um, I started co-oping through Hellpoints as I do co-op games on Thursdays. Um, I finished I Love You, Colonel Sanders, a finger looking good visual novel on Tuesday and started playing Perfect Date because that's what I do on Tuesdays. I voice act visual novels and Perfect Date is a psychological horror cat dating visual novel. Oh, nice. So we'll see how that goes. Um <clears throat> Last Friday, uh, when we didn't have our podcast because someone didn't want to interrupt their wedding, um, <laughs> I played Jackbox Party Pack with Doc. Um, yep. We hung out. Doc did stuff. I watched him do stuff. We drew. We made up words. Stuff like that. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, Apex Legends, just... Valorant, typical stuff that I normally play through. Um, I finally started playing my $326 of Atelier games, so <laughs> I did start doing that. <laughs> How about you, Doc? What have you been playing? Oh, well, played Jackbox last weekend with uh, with Sasquatch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was dope. We learned what the, the absolute counter to just cocaine is. Even more cocaine. <laughs> It was beautiful. <laughs> that was, that was, it was glorious. Um, been playing a lot of Ghosts of Tsushima. And I picked up the Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD remaster, which I am grinding on right now. Because nice. I can't remember where I was supposed to go. <laughs> this game does not have any reminders. So I'm going to wander around until I find someone to talk to that I haven't talked to yet. There you go. What about you, Thor? Uh, not too much. I was, of course, on my honeymoon, so we played some Pokemon Go, but other than that, nothing really. Um, since I've been back, you know, I've been doing my uh, Final Fantasy XIV and RuneScape stuff, um, and I've been doing a little bit of the Final Fantasy VII Remake again, still trying to finish up uh, hard mode, which... Oh, fuck. It, <laughs> the Chapter <laughs> 17 gets brutal as shit. I, I realize now... Um, one of the forums I was talking on, someone mentioned that, uh, getting through the, um, the simulator is pretty much essential. It's optional. 
you can come back to it, but it's it's really you need to do it for getting through the rest of chapter 17 because once you get through all the uh, like basically all the super bosses, you get a uh, I thought it was sarcastic because I'm like, oh, okay, it's one of those like, huh, beat the hardest monster in the game and get this item that's super useful, but now it's useless because you've beaten everything. Well, it's not useless. Um, You go through that simulator and beat basically all the super bosses and you get an accessory that lets you – not only do you start off with a full limit limit break at the beginning of each fight, your limit gauge fills up much faster than it normally would. And I'm like, okay, so this will let me just like cheese through the rest of this. No, it's it's definitely necessary to have that to get through the rest of the fucking game, um, because even with that, I am I'm struggling a lot, especially on um, some of the last few bosses. It's it's just, it's fucked up. And there's it's it's fucked up. It's just fucked up. It's it's I, I, I like it, though. Hard mode is definitely hard mode. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. The biggest thing I appreciate about Final Fantasy seven remake hard mode is that from chapter one, they assume that your stats and materia are at least close to maxed out. So it's all skill based. It's all get good. There's no grinding to cheese through it. It's get good at the mechanics or do not continue. And I appreciate that in a hard mode. Yeah. I'm... I mean, I mean that can get fucked up if it's like your actual game progression, but this, this is a post game hard mode. And that's what it should be is making is like testing the absolute skill limits. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, my second playthrough of Nocturne here because I'm going to play it on hard mode and I'm going to get my ass <laughs> kicked. Yeah, it's I, I love it. I've been this frustrated with a hard mode since uh, Devil May Cry, and that's a good thing. I, I like being frustrated on action RPG uh, hard modes. I always complete the hardest difficulty settings for Devil May Cry. Oh, yeah, you have to. All right. Well, it looks like that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. Don't forget to, to like and subscribe at Facebook.com slash DarkFeatherGaming, as well as our various other channels in the comments and description below. Thanks so much, everyone, and have a great rest of your weekend. Have a good night. John A., and enjoy the long three-day weekend. Oh, yeah, an extra day. Mm-hmm.